Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined by my buddy here, Mr. Harris, who's been uh, he's been on vacation here for a couple of weeks, but looking good, my friend. Glad to have you back. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, you're, you're I know you're coming, overcoming a little bout of sickness there. You're uh, feeling a little bit better today. Yeah, no, I'm glad to be it. Really make this a, a worldwide pod today. That's for sure. <laughs> Still sitting here in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, all the way from Australia. So uh, we are uh, we are covering quite a few bases here, but we've got an interesting slate here. I've actually got quite a uh, quite a bit of interest in some of the guys in the slate here, Harris. And um, it's a uh, kind of a different slate because we've got two uh, single game showdowns here on DraftKings, and then we've got a six game main slate. We're mo- mostly going to be focusing on the main slate, but we can go through the uh, the showdowns real quick, just briefly here. And I'm going to tell you, Harris, I was looking at these and I was like trying to build lineups and I'm like, yeah. I, this is just kind of gross. I don't like either of these uh, slates, honestly. I probably won't end up playing them. Um, but let me uh, let me get your thoughts here on the the first one, which is the, uh, I believe, the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Clippers. How are you feeling about this slate? Yeah, and I, I think it really just comes down to who between KD and Paul George you trust more to be your captain on the night. It's just been yeah. both those guys clearly just single-handedly running both their teams at this point, especially Paul George since he came back from his injury has just been a man on a mission, really. So uh, for 17100 I'm probably leaning towards that way because it gives me a little bit of budget to be able to get some of these uh, you know, 10K guys in to try and fill out the rest of the lineup. But as you said, these showdowns are always a bit of uh, you know, kind of just shooting fish in a barrel. Hope you get lucky with some of these. But uh, yeah, I think uh, Paul George is a good starting point. And then from there, you can get into uh, some of these... Uh, some of these 10k guys to try and round it out yeah i actually um i built one lineup here and i actually got both paul george and kevin durant and i do like some of the cheaper guys here um i'm not like in love with this lineup but um i do have some interest in terrence Mann at 4k he's been getting more minutes um and stealing minutes from robert covington over there on the clippers so got a little bit of interest in him there and then canard at 4400 just another you know guy that's been a beneficiary of, of Kawhi leonard being out so uh, on the other side of the ball in Brooklyn, you know, I do like some Joe Harris at 4,800, but I actually like a little bit more uh, Seth Curry at 4,600. And, uh, you know, he had a really big game coming back. He's he's kind of a, I guess, boomer bust guy. It's all about whether or not his shot's falling. And, uh, and you know, his shot did fall in that last game, so maybe he throws up a dud here. But uh, 4,600, I think you can, you can roster him. So uh, if you go with those three guys and then Paul George and Kevin Durant, I actually have KD in my, my captain spot. Um, yeah. You can fit guys that are in like that mid 6K. So I've got like Reggie Jackson there now. But I'm like I said, I'm not in love with this. Mm. I'm probably not going to play it. I'm kind of debating. I'm like, eh, I mean, it's like, you know, maybe a small stakes. I'll throw a, a single entry in there or something. But, um, but I think you can play with both those studs in there if you want. But I do yeah. like your do like your approach too, where it's like, you know, play one or the other. And you can afford some of these guys like, you know, Zubac and you know, Claxton and all that. Yeah, Zubac, so. Claxton. Yeah. I like, uh, I think Cam Thomas is in line to get his minutes back in this one specifically as well. I mean, we saw he's been yeah. great in the, uh, you know, three games coming prior to that New York blowout. And I do think those minutes are not going to be, you know, where it was. So I expect him to be back closer to 30 and being kind of the secondary ball handler. So I like him for 5,800 quite a bit. Yeah, he um he had his minutes cut up a little bit last time because he uh, just wasn't shooting the ball very well, so they went they went a different direction. But uh, I was all over him when he was thirty three hundred. Now he's like you know in the five Ks, and I'm like man, but uh, but I do, I do still think he's got that upside because he can score very well. Uh, all right, all right, the next single game slate here we've got is the Utah Jazz and the Washington Wizards, 
And again, I'm just like, nah, <laughs> not loving this slate at all. <laughs> a lot of it's going to be about, uh, we have to keep an eye on Christoph Porzingis if he's going to play or not. If he doesn't play, you're absolutely going to lock in uh, Kyle Kuzma, whether or not it's your captain spot or your utility spot. I mean, he just went absolutely insane that last game. Uh, and I think he can do it again this game. I think it's a you know an okay matchup for him here uh, against the, the Jazz. So, um, But I think... I think the one thing that I do have a thought on here with this slate, uh, Horace, and let me see if you agree, is I think, you know, a lot of people, if Chris Ops does play, I think a lot of people are going to have him as their captains. But I think Laurie marketed it at 14-4 for the captain spot. I think that's yeah. kind of a lock for me if Chris Ops plays. Yeah, I, I, of the lineups that I made, I had marketing as my captain kind of across the board. He's just a lot more reliable regardless of how things are going. Right. And I think with with him there, it allows me to get a little bit more exposure of some of these guys who have been starting to, you know, turn it around for their prices. Like Hashimura, I don't necessarily love, but now that he's down at, uh, you know, saying 5,400 and his, he's actually getting pretty consistent shots, which is really where kind of he's been on and off there. But you know, three straight games of double digit shot attempts, which is you know, a nice place to be able to start to get a little bit of value going there. So that's yeah. kind of where I'm looking at the other side to kind of round it out with marketing being at the head of my snake. I'm going to put one other guy out there, and I, I like I said, I'm probably not going to I'm, – I'm like more – it's more likely I'm not going to play this one than the other one because I just really don't like this one. Um, but uh, one guy I will throw out there that I did like that if you know if you want to have a, a cost cutter and a guy that saves you some money is Walker Kessler at 3,200. He's starting to get minutes again. Um, he had just fallen out of the rotation, but they're starting to give him 15 to 18 minutes here and there. And this guy is just a, a permanent monster. So if he's, if he's getting 15 to 18 minutes – 3200 is a very fair price for him, so uh, I will throw him out there if you guys are looking for that. But we will move on to the the meat of the program here, which is the six-game slate. But before I do, Horace, I do want to mention you guys, if you don't have the DFS pass, you guys need to go out there and sign up for it. It is still cheap. you still got time. Go get it. Get access to me. Get access to Horace. Get access to other guys that you've heard here on this podcast, other guys that are out there doing great work all across Twitter, all across uh, our DFS deliveries, all that. Uh, go to sportsethos.com, sign up. We also have an Ethos 360 pass, which will get you access to the wager pass and the fantasy pass as well, so you can win all your basketball leagues. So go do that now. But uh, we do have a six-game slate here, Harris. And like I said, I've got some interest in – let me see. I've got, I think, four games I've got a lot of interest in here. So, yeah. uh, well, three that I've got a lot of interest in, one that I'm kind of interested in. So I do have a lot of interest in the slate here. Let's start, though, since we, I am talking to you, with the first and foremost game I have a, a, an interest in here, the Toronto Raptors. And the Indiana Pacers, obviously the Raptors cut, put up kind of a stinker tonight against the OKC Thunder. I was actually watching that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry to bring that up. Dollars. Yeah, sorry to bring that up for you. But the one thing I will point out about that that I think people will overlook in this, uh, if they're not paying close attention, is that the starters were pulled with about six, seven minutes mm-hmm. left in that game. So they're going to be fresh, I think, for this game against Indiana. It's a good matchup for them. So I've got a heck of a lot of interest in Fred, Fred Van Vliet at 8,200. Had kind of a, a dud of a game tonight, but... Um, I think he can bounce back here in this one against Indiana. What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, since he's come back from his injury, he's just looked renewed, refreshed, just a lot lot more mobile in general. You can see his hip was bothering him to start it off. So, yeah, no, he's definitely looked back to normal. We saw him get pretty consistently into that 9,000 range last season, and I think that's where he's probably going to reside. So as long as he's sitting at that like low 8,000s, it's value every night as far as I'm concerned, especially in these matchups. Looking at the point totals, really, I think it's just the Houston one that has a slightly higher one than this. Other than that, this is sitting at about 229 for the night as well. So definitely lots of opportunities to get some uh, get some good fantasy points here. 
Yeah, I, I didn't think any any single game really uh, stood out. I think you said you said the Houston one was a little bit higher, so uh, I do have some interest in that one as well. But yeah, uh, I do also like OG Anobi at seventy three hundred. Um, I think you know he's just been a man on a mission without Pascal Siakam. He's been running. He's been getting a lot of shot attempts, uh, really taking charge on the offensive end, and he, of course he always has an upside on the defensive end as well, getting steals and blocks. So um, I think he's got a really safe floor and a bit of a ceiling there. Seventy three hundred is getting a little bit expensive for OG, but I'm still willing to spend it. And um, I'll, I was also looking over at uh, Gary Trent Jr. I think he's 5,800, I believe, or 5,900 um, on the slate. So those are a couple other Toronto Raptors I've got uh, in my player pool. What? What? Uh, am I missing somebody? You're the Toronto guy. So who am I missing here that uh, I'm, I haven't mentioned yet? Um, I mean, again, if we're looking more in terms of uh, getting some good value out of this as well, we're seeing Otto Porter's minutes really start mm-hmm. to ramp up now. It's one of those where with uh, with Siakam out, with Achua now out for who knows how long as well, they really are going to start to use him a lot more into that kind of 3-4 tweener role in a lot of different lineups. So I expect to see him start to get into the high 20s as far as his minutes are concerned. He was their big acquisition. We saw him you know, get up to 14 points in the last game as well. So as long as he's sitting in that like low 4,000s, there's a number of scenarios in which I'm finding him kind of slotting in to be that value play for me, and I think he'll start to get more important as uh, as time goes on. Yeah, um, I picked up OPJ in a Roto League, and I'm hoping uh, for big things there, so hopefully he can uh, you know put up some numbers. Again, just kind of a throwaway game tonight, so I wouldn't pay too much attention to that. But mm-hmm. uh, other side of the ball. Let me go ahead and say I've got a whole lot of interest still in Miles Turner. He's only 6,300. Uh, I think he was 5,700 last slate. I was all over him. Um, he was in a bit of a foul trouble, but he still put up enough value for me to really make it a good play. Um, so hopefully he can stay out of foul trouble in this one. I don't see anyone on the Raptors that can really – I mean, it's always tough to say with centers. You know, they can get foul trouble no matter what. Mm-hmm. But um, but I think you know he's pretty safe here at 6,300, and there's tons of ceiling there. So I, I just love this play. Yeah, I mean, 6,000, it's, to me, um, Miles Turner is always just that, like, boomer bust play that you can play on a night, but the problem, the good thing is that even when he busts, he's still probably sitting at, like, low to mid-20s, which isn't really going to kill you for the price tag that he is at, so mm-hmm. I think it's always kind of worth it if you can, you know, if you don't have any other center that's true, like, jumping out to you on a slate, Miles Turner just kind of finds his way in, regardless. Yeah, absolutely, man, and um, I'm going to move on here, though. Do you have any other interest in any other guys on the Indiana side of the ball? Uh, I mean, Benedict Mathurin just continues to be mm, the guy yeah. who's going to be just putting up shots after shots after shots at 5,500. Uh, to me, until he sits at around that 6,000 mark consistently, I'm finding him in you know, most of my lineups when I just need a guard to be able to go ahead and sit in. He's kind of taken over, much like the Jordan Clarkson role for Utah for all those years, right? You just know he's going to come out there and shoot with the greenest of lights, and <laughs> it's working out pretty well for him. He's got that small forward eligibility, so he's another guy I have interest in in this game as well. Fair enough. Fair enough. I um, I just feel like with, when it comes to Mathur, I'm like, ah oh, man, there's not enough data for me. But uh, he has been just killing it already this season, so I'm probably missing out on a lot of value there. So I might have to add him here to my player pool. All right, moving on though, uh, I'd say the game I have maybe the second most interest in here uh, is the Philadelphia 76ers and the Atlanta Hawks, and that reason for that being, again, I'm gonna be all over Clint Capella at 6,000. Just put up a really huge game. He's actually had a couple huge games in a row, but um, again, I'm going to go back, you know, I mentioned this before, uh, I believe in usually the last pod or maybe just in, the, just in the discord, if you're not in the discord, then you get the DFS pass. So you can get, be in the discord, but Capella is just crushing it against, um, Joel Embiid in his career. He's just a really good matchup for Joel Embiid. Um, so I think, you know, him at 6k, I think is a safe, uh, 
play for me. I think he's going to grab 15 to 20 boards somewhere in there, which is absolutely ridiculous. And he's you know got the ability to put up you know 10 to 12 points as well. So hopefully we can get that double double bonus from him. And if he does hit that, I think he's going to be a good play here at 6K. So I've got a lot of interest in him again. Last time I stacked Joel Embiid and Capella didn't work out so well for me because Joel Embiid just didn't put up a very good game. Just, just eh, I mean, he was he, he was like in the 42 or 43, but he's so expensive that um, you know that really kind of sunk me. So I am going to have a few lineups where I stack them, but I'm probably going to do it less this time around um, because again, Capella I think just matches up so well with Joel Embiid. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, you're completely right on Capella, and in general. I think Capella is very much in that same mold of like a Rudy Gobert where it's just consistently, you know what you're going to get from him. 5X is, I would say on most nights, is pretty well guaranteed as long as he's sitting in that kind of six to 7,000 range. So it's, I don't know if it's necessarily the biggest upside play on there, despite the fact that you said he's been killing it for the last couple of games on there. But it's just one of those where, you know, you can't go wrong. So if it's between him and Turner, I'm probably leaning a little bit more towards Turner, just given the history he's had against uh, Toronto matchups as well. But just overall, I said, I think those are probably the two uh, top center plays in terms of uh, bang for buck that you're going to get on the slate. Yeah, I'm probably going to be playing a lot of uh, two center lineups again. So, you know, go me. Hopefully that works out for me. Yeah. Uh, Tyrese Maxey is the other guy I have interest in at 8,000. Um, been struggling. Uh, didn't have a good game last one. But he's, you know, been putting up 40 to 45 DK points like kind of on the regular there for a string of three or four games. And I think he can turn it around here against you know, Atlanta. I'm not obviously they've got uh, Trey Young in the backcourt there. As long as he's healthy and playing, people are just cooked Trey Young. Uh, I said this about Tyrese Maxey last time, and of course that didn't work out for me so well. So, um, but you know sometimes when people don't have good games and you go back to them, their ownership's lower and they do put up good games and that puts you ahead of the field. So I am going to be on a little bit of Tyrese Maxey here at 8K. It is a premium price tag here, Harris, but I feel like. Uh, I'm willing to pay it, at least for a few lineups. Yeah, no, it's it's fair to be able to throw it out there. Obviously, the uh, you know the the wrench they can throw into is they could always switch Dejounte Murray onto him, and then it just becomes a little bit more annoying <laughs> to be able to go through with True. that. And that's kind of like Atlanta's get out of jail card of all of this. But yeah, Maxi has kind of shown at this point that honestly, as long as he himself isn't shooting himself in the foot, he's pretty much matchup proof given uh, how whatever length of time Harden is out so you know he's going to get 40 minutes you know he's going to put up somewhere close to 20 shot attempts a game it's just whether you're going to get a 10 of 20 night or a 4 of 18 night from him that basically <laughs> changes whether he's going to be doing something else or not that's true very true uh any other interest in this Philadelphia Atlanta game before we move on uh I, I mean, I wish the, the Anthony Melton was cheaper. That's pretty yeah. much what it comes down to. I've been yeah. pretty much all over him when I, while he was basically in that 5,000 range. But now at, at 6K, it's, uh, yeah, I got a little bit of pause there for me. But I think that's probably the other area where I do expect them to keep kind of finding ways to get him further and further involved. Just, yeah, once he gets back to 5,000, I'll be using him a lot more than I am today. Yeah, for sure. I understand that. Uh, all right, so I'm going to move on here. Miami and Charlotte is the next game I have uh, more interest in here. Um, I've got some interest. Obviously, we've got some interest, um, some injury news to look out for uh, with Tyler Tyler Hero. Wow, I can't mm-hmm. speak. Tyler Hero, uh, questionable for this one. Uh, if he doesn't play, uh, I've been all over guys like Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, uh, Duncan Robinson. I was looking at their ownership last uh, tournament, and I would say I actually went Gabe Vincent, then Max Struess, then Duncan Robinson as far as ownership went. So I thought people would be off of Gabe Vincent. I thought I'd be kind of smart playing him there. But it looks like people are onto that already. So if, if Hero sits, uh, Gabe Vincent's probably going to have a high ownership again. I still think he's a good play. 
but just be wary of that. Um, it's not going to necessarily put you ahead of a lot of the field. So, um, but those three guys would be in play if Hero does hit. If Hero does play, though, I am going to be all over him at 7,700. Um, it's the Hornets. They don't play any defense. It's going to be up and down. Um, you know, I, I think you can play some Jimmy Butler here, too. I think he's 9,100 on the slate. So, um, he had a really big game just the last one. It's a, it's a back, it's a, they're playing the same team back to back. So, um, I think either of those guys is doable, but I do have a lot of interest here in Hero. Any other Heat guys you have interest in? And, uh, you know, are you on Hero as well if he plays? I mean, definitely on Hero if he does end up playing. Um, Struis, I always just dislike the fact that he's only got power forward eligibility, which is mm, like, and yeah. he plays like three different positions. They need to start to update that. And I think that's also kind of what's playing into why someone like a Gabe Vincent does end up getting more owned. It's just, you know, the guards' positions are ones where you're able to kind of fill in and then. Uh, people have been trying to uh, kind of spend a little bit more up on on those forwards, so it's just kind of worked out in that sense. But uh, I think I have more interest on the Charlotte side of things here, especially given mm-hmm. um, you know now the Dennis Smith Jr. is also listed as questionable as well. Mm-hmm. Could Theo Melodon be playing? Uh, could he get a start in this line in this game as well? Because otherwise, sitting at 3,200, which is definitely of interest there. And Terry Rozier, it's it really just comes down to how much uh, appetite you have for his 8,600 given the Miami Heat defense and given the fact that uh, they, he's going to be shooting 20 times, but yeah. he's lost three games now. He's been sitting at that uh, kind of 32 to 38% range as far as his field goal percentage is concerned. And while his um, supporting stats are probably going to be sitting at about what they always are, it really just comes down to whether he can get you know, more a game closer to that uh, Pelicans one as far as his kind of overall production is concerned versus what he's had in his last three. But I do have interest in him, probably a little bit more so than – and then Kelly Oubre, who uh, I feel like I always pick on the wrong games, but his uh, his price tag is definitely there, and his, yeah. uh, his shots are definitely there as well to kind of make that yeah. worth it. Yeah, uh, Oubre is 6,500 now. His his price is climbing there. I'm still I st- I'm still out of. I still like him. Um, he had a good game against this Heat team, yeah. the last one. Um, yeah, man. I'm so angry, Horace, because, like, I faded uh, Terry Rozier in season long for, like, the last three seasons, and it's, it's always <laughs> bitten me. And, of course, I picked him up in, like, four or five, you know, leagues this season. And, of course, he's had, like, the worst season ever. But I'm waiting for this guy to explode. You know, he, like you say, he's putting up 20 to 25 shots a game. Uh, as long as he's getting that kind of volume, I think you can go to him. Um, his price tag is still climbing, though, because people are still playing him a whole lot. So, not not my favorite play ever, but I think you can play him there uh, for sure, especially, like you said, uh, with Dennis Smith Jr. out. I think Terry Rozier probably slides in that point guard position and plays quite a bit of that. So uh, maybe he gets a few more assists as well this game. I might have to look at that prop here once, once we get off. But, um, but yeah, no, I love your call of Theo Maladon at 3,200. I think you know, even if Terry does slide over to the starting point guard, yeah, I think Theo will probably still get 10 to 15 minutes. And he's, you know maybe even a few more minutes than that. And he's only 3,200. So I like that a lot. Um, the other guy that I've been playing a lot and just put up a dud, but had a, a solid string of about 34 to 35 points per uh, DK points per game. The three games before that is PJ Washington at 5,900. Um, you know, he's a guy that contributes in multiple ways as well. And uh, I do kind of like the fact that he had a dud again, because, you know, again, people are just going to be off of him. So hopefully his ownership's low. So, uh, but yeah, I do think if, uh, if I'm going to be playing like a hero or a uh, Jimmy Butler, I think I am going to run it back with like an Ubre or a Rosier or maybe a Washington, something like that. So, uh, all right. Anyways, moving on. The last game that I've got some interest in here uh, is you mentioned it before Houston uh, Rockets and New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans. 
I can't get these Pelicans right now. I'm gonna let you start with this one. So tell me, tell me a little bit about who you like in this game. Maybe I need to get, scratch your brain here and uh, and get some plays. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Houston in general has just been an absolute fountain for amazing value kind of throughout. I mean, I've been on I've been on Sangoon pretty much nonstop since yeah. uh, since he got his starting position back, and I don't think he's really let me down for his price tag yet since I think like five games straight now. So he just continues to be a guy that's just very consistent for his price. I still am always on the Jalen Green wagon. It's just one of those where I just feel like he's got all the opportunity to be able to get that. This kind of matchup is going to be a good one for him, given the fact that it is, you know, in the two positions where the Pelicans are probably weakest as far as their defense is concerned, which is their point guard, shooting guard eligibility. They don't really throw too much Herb Jones and whatnot on that Mm -hmm. side. Instead, he gets to go up against CJ McCollum, who will give it back on the other side, but just gives him up just as many on that, on that end there too. So I think that's, kind of where my uh, you know, main area focuses between Sangoon and Jalen Green, depending on how things are working out. But on the uh, on the Pelican side in general, uh, I do I do still like Larry Nance. It just kind of kind of comes down to you know how he's uh, how he's looking as far as his his minutes total is concerned. Because obviously he had yeah. a little bit of an injury uh, that uh, had happened in that Indiana game. He still was able to play the game after, but only played 23 minutes in that one. Mm-hmm. And it's just. It all just comes down to how, what his usage is going to look like on the day, because he's just one of those guys who's going to be a Swiss Army knife guy. He can get you uh, he can get you stats from pretty much three to four different categories on any given night, which always works out for the fact that he's 4,600. But uh, I'll probably be looking more into that versus really trying to look into like a Zion or an Ingram or even an Uncolum in those 8,000 ranges. I just think the Houston side offers you so much more value on that end. Yeah, high game total here. I'm actually targeting some of the uh, more under the radar and cheaper guys yeah. here. I actually like, you mentioned him already, Herb Jones at 4,900. Um, I just like, you know, again, he's going to stay on the floor because of his defense. He's going to be out there. Um, it's going to happen. And all we need him to do is, is put up a little bit of offense for us. I think 4,900 is a very fair price for him. So uh, I like Herb Jones. I'm not going to have him in like every single lineup, but I'll definitely have him in like three or four lineups for sure. And then um, I also like Eric Gordon. Again, 4,300. This is another guy. I, I keep mentioning this guy. He keeps being under-owned. Um, you know, he's for better or for worse, he's the veteran guy on the Rockets that's going to be there putting up buckets. Um, he has, you know, 30, 30 DK point upside. So if he does hit that, um, then that's easily, you know, over 6K value there. So our 6X value there. So uh, I do like me some Eric Gordon at 4,300 too. But yeah, when it comes to like the Pelicans, I'm always looking, I, I want to roster McCollum or Brandon Ingram or, uh, or Zion, but they're always like around the same price, like mid 8,000s. And I'm like, well, which one's going to go off? Because one of them's probably going to go off in this game. I just don't know which one it's going to be. So mm. um, I think if I land on one of those guys here, since the game total is so high, I, th- I do think that's okay. Um, but I'm not, like, going out of my way to roster those guys. So, um, All right, RS, that's four out of the six games we've basically covered here. Is there any other – do you have any – these other two games are on the slate. Do you have interest in those, or uh, do you have any other plays that you like on the slate? Um. I think by and large, if you've hit there, again, if, you're, if we're talking all these value guys, then it just comes down to which stud you are you really are looking into. And yeah. I mean, Luka Doncic at 12-6, do you, do you want to have that kind of be the baseline of your uh, of the rest of your lineup? Is that your pillar? Which, mm-hmm. I mean, given the fact that, again, just Portland themselves have been really, really struggling on, on the defensive end, on their end over there, obviously with Dane back, 
Luca's going to do regardless of what he is anyways, but it all just comes down to if you think Portland can keep it a game. And if that's the case, then mm-hmm. Luca could easily be the, uh, you know, the highest raw point scorer on the night. And if you're getting enough of these values to kind of go along with it, he might be the guy you go with. But I think there's, um, this is just one of those slates that is kind of calling to me as like mid tier all the way through. Yeah. And it's kind of um, taking advantage of that. So that's probably where I'm going to end up for most of this. No, that's a good call, man. And I, we should have probably led with that, but uh, it's all good. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with a lot of mid-tier guys. I got, I've got, i got a lot of interesting guys between that, like, 5'8 to 6'3, 6'5 yeah. uh, salary range. So I'm probably going to stack up all those guys. I'm going to stay away from the really expensive guys. Um, I wouldn't say – I mean, it depends. Like you said, it depends on the slate. You know, I, I don't, like, generally do that. It's just that on this slate, um, there's just so many guys in that 5'8 to 6'3 that I just think can get 6x value, 5 to 6x yeah. value. So – um, so that's probably the way I'm going to lean for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. But let me tell you, Horace, we didn't go over my favorite play, which might surprise you. It might surprise people. This is one of my hot takes. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. I, I, I have to go back and see what I'm batting here. It's got to be, uh, I think it's got to be at least 500 here on these hot hmm. takes where I'm like, oh, Ross this guy. Anyways, let me shut up and talk about it. Um, so it is a back-to-back for the Boston Celtics. On back-to-backs, we have to be aware that Horford is probably sitting. He's had every single back-to-back so far this season. Um, so I'm thinking that he's going to sit in this one as well. Um, so I do actually really, 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 really like uh, Derek White at 4,300. There's no Malcolm Brogdon either. So uh, no Malcolm Brogdon, no Horford. I mean, it's just going to be more minutes. And he played, I think, 26 minutes or something like that tonight. Uh, without Malcolm Brogdon and Horford did play, so I'm thinking he could he could scratch that 30 minute mark there. Um, and you know, he's a guy that does struggle with his offense at times, but I think uh, he's also had periods of of times when he's with the Spurs where he put up really good solid offense. So um, you know, it, I don't think he's a guy that like he's like not an offense player at all. Um, the defense is going to keep him on the floor, and if he does have that offense going for him, 4300 is more than a fair price. So I'm going to actually lock him into probably 75% of my lineups. Again, we're going to need to wait, look for that Horford news. Uh, if that Horford news comes back and Horford's going to play this back-to-back like he said he was going to do in the preseason, then uh, I'll probably take him out of like you know five, six, seven lineups and, and just play him in like you know, four or five lineups, something like that. But, uh, but I do like him quite a bit. And I do like some Marcus Smart at 5,600, too, as a kind of under-the-radar guy. Uh, again, this is assuming that Horford doesn't play. Um, all their starters are just going to get more minutes. So um, that's my thoughts there on the Boston Celtics. And, again, my favorite play probably Derek White at 4,300, if Horford sits. Uh, okay, but we have one more segment here. And if you guys haven't listened to the season for whatever reason, it is the Thrive Fantasy Plays. If you guys aren't signed up at Thrive Fantasy, you should go do that now. Go sign up. It is an awesome website. They have these tournaments where they have 20 player props. You pick 10 of them. And if you get the most points, Horace, you win a whole bunch of money. Uh, it's a lot of fun. If you guys like player props and you don't want to like waste your money playing 10 different props, do this one because then you get to play 10 props. And if you hit most of them, then you win some money. So there you go. Uh, so anyways, I do have some props on here I like. Did you get a chance to look at these tonight? Or, or Okay, you did. Great. <laughs> I see it not. <laughs> uh, first one I'm going to put out there, though, uh, Harris, is Ananubi at over 0.5 steals, and that's only 70 points. So it's the lowest, probably the lowest point total on the, on the slate. But uh, when you get a free a free square, just take it, guys. Like, it's over 0.5 steals. I don't think there's a single game he hasn't gotten a steal. I'd have to look at that. But, um, again, this is a good a good matchup for him. He's got, There's no Pascal Siakam. So, yeah, take the free square. Okay. <laughs> what do you got for me, Harris? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and speaking of free square, and I was actually a bit shocked when I saw it. I mean, Mason Plumley at nine and a half rebounds. 
Mm. Over that is 115 points, which is, to me, absolutely crazy given the fact that uh, Mason Plumlee has now had three straight games of 12 rebounds or more. And more so than that, it's just one of those matchups where he's likely going to be seeing the floor to that kind of high 28, uh, somewhere in the 30-minute mark again. So just as long as he's there, he's pretty much their only like real legitimate rebounder on that team. P.J. Washington just kind of sits on the perimeter, so Mason gets to clean all of them up. So, yeah, that's probably my free square uh, free square bet for the day as far as that's concerned. Love it, love it. Um, and I am confirming here now, yeah, OG's had a steal in every single game this season. He's had 10 yeah. out of 12 games. He's had more than one, so there you go. Uh, okay, and I like Clint Capella, over 21.5 points of rebounds, and I've already mentioned before, I think he matches up very well with Joel Embiid. Uh, he has a history of playing well against Joel Embiid. Um, I've looked at his numbers over the last three years against Joel Embiid. I think he can hit this very easily, and the rebounds are the, what's going to carry him over, Horace. But, uh, you know, he can score maybe six or eight points, and that's okay. He can still hit this over for us. So I like that over as well. What do you got for me? Yep. The, the only other one is the uh, Jalen Green one, which, again, kind of go leads back into what I expect him to do today in a in a lineup, in an offense, and against a matchup where he should be able to take advantage. So 24.5 points and rebounds. I actually think he'll get pretty close to that just in points itself. So 95 points, I feel pretty good about taking the uh, the over on that one. I like it, man. I've got a couple more here. I've got Terry Rozier over 20.5 points, and that's 90 points for you to win there. Um, I'm just looking for this guy to hit some shots. But like you said, no Dennis Smith Jr. here. Um, maybe he gets another two or three shots, which is would be insane. Maybe he gets 30 shots. That'd be amazing. But uh, no matter what, I'm just looking for this guy to actually just hit some of those shots, and he can hit this very easily. Uh, last one I got here is C.J. McCollum over 25 and a half points and assists. This is, again, the Houston Rockets are playing. It's the highest point total of the night. Um, CJ struggled a bit with his shot this season, but the assists have been really nice so far. So I'm thinking, you know, as long as he can have a average uh, for CJ shooting night, the assists will help us get us over. So 25.5 points and assists for CJ McCollum, and that's 100 points on Thrive. So, but that's it, man. We got yeah. through it. That's the six-game slate, and I'm excited, man. We're going to win people some money. We are going to continue to bring you some great content here at Sports Ethos, so definitely check out that DFS pass, guys. So, anyways, you can find me on Twitter at BSBP Keith and Horace. Where can the people find you? Absolutely. Find me on Twitter at HAK underscore devil, and always just trying to be as spicy as possible with these takes. So, <laughs> join me. Join me on my journey. Getting spicy. That's what keeps us uh, keeps us relevant. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it, man. All right, guys. Until then, go win some money. <laughs> <laughs>